Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, this is Tom. Real quickly, before we begin today's Daily Tech News show, I wanted to talk to you folks who listen to the DTNS public feed and don't do anything else. You may have noticed that there are ads in the public feed now, and if you haven't noticed that, you may notice it soon. I've been talking about this in a lot of different places on our quarterly hangout, in our Slack, in our chat room, on the pre and post shows that are part of Good Day Internet, on Patreon itself. But I know a lot of you don't necessarily pay attention to all of those things. You just listen to the show. So I wanted to explain what's going on very quickly. Uh, the reason I haven't talked about it on the show is I feel like the show is the place for the show. Uh, that was my mistake for missing a bunch of you. So I apologize for that. The idea with the ads in the public feed is Patreon's really good at funding a thing we want to do. I want to add a person to the show. Uh, we we get a lot of people behind that and it happens. But if we want to try something that maybe won't work or people don't understand or not everybody wants, it's not so good for that. Uh, I've been trying to use PayPal and, and store sales uh, to fund that sort of thing. And it's worked okay. It's allowed us to go to CES, but it doesn't do a lot. So the idea with Acast is they will put ads in the feed that I don't even know what they are. Uh, so I don't have to read them. I don't have to endorse anyone. I don't even know who they're selling the ads are unless I listen myself or one of you guys tells me, uh, which allows me to keep the separation from the news coverage, but still add a little monetization. Now, it's something I talked a lot about. We put it in the survey to find out how people felt, and most people felt it was okay to try. Some people didn't love it, um, but I apologize for not explaining it to you in this manner right here so that you could understand it. If you are a patron and you're like, well, wait a minute, how come I'm getting ads? I'm a patron. Go to patreon.com slash DTNS. Look through all of the monthly posts, like the monthly update. Uh, look through the, the weekly column. Uh, we've posted a feed for you that doesn't have ads so that you can listen to just DTNS. Uh, or you can subscribe to Good Day Internet, which is a longer show that includes our pre and post show and a lot of chatting and, and fun stuff that Roger and Sarah and I do. So again, uh, hope that helps answer some of your questions. Feel free to email feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com if you have more. And sorry for taking up so much of the show today to explain that. On to Daily Tech News Show. Mm-hmm. 
This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, July 10th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline in... No, wait, wait a second. That's not me. I'm Patrick Beja from uh, Helsinki. You got halfway through that before I realized what they were like, wait a minute. That is the right line to happen now, but that's the wrong person saying it. Uh, of course, Sarah Lane is out today. She mentioned that yesterday uh, on assignment. Somebody else assigned or something and she had to go. Uh, but our producer, Roger Chang, is with us. Thank you, Roger Chang. I am here, always. You are. You are ever present, and we appreciate that. Uh, until your baby comes, and then that'll you'll miss Roger for a few days. But he'll be back. Don't worry. That's a long time from now. What's happening right now is we're going to start with a few tech things you should know. WhatsApp has placed advertisements in Indian newspapers with titles like, Together, We Can Fight False Information, containing tips like, Double-check the facts when you're not sure who wrote the original message. The advertisements appear in multiple publications, both in Hindi and English. But where do you check the facts? <gasps> Wait a question. minute. I think they cover that, too. Hmm. Tesla reached a deal with China to build a factory in Shanghai. It will be Tesla's first factory outside the U.S. Tesla says it can produce cars within two years after construction begins and aims to produce 500,000 vehicles years two and three after that. China is the top market for electric vehicles in the world. I, African reports a 24-year-old Ugandan software engineer won the Africa Prize for Engineering Innovation for a product called Matibabu, a low-cost reusable device that clips onto a patient's finger to test for malaria in less than a minute. No blood needed. Don't need to draw any blood. Brian Gita and his colleagues received the £25,000 first prize and have signed an agreement with the Ugandan government for clinical trials. Seems like they should get more money than that for some reason. Maybe. Well, they're going to get an agreement with the government, so I imagine they'll get more money. But the prize was only that much. I like that you're advocating for them, though. I appreciate that. <laughs> Instagram has launched a question sticker that you can submit to friends' stories. Your friends can then tap the sticker to post a reply. The question sticker is rolling out today on Android and iOS. You've been taken by this, haven't you? You know, I think it's interesting that Instagram is growing so much, but this is trying to advocate engagement. It's like interact, chat more, discuss, and it's uh, in introducing commenting almost in stories, which famously have been absent of interaction. Mm, so mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about what YouTube is doing, kind of related to what the Indian advertisements were. Uh-huh. YouTube will begin adding cards to conspiracy-related pages with text from trusted sources like an Encyclopedia Britannica or Wikipedia. YouTube will also supplement news search results with links to news articles in the wake of what it, it determines are major news events. YouTube will also spend $25 million on partnerships for sustainable video news operations in 20 markets. Okay, so folks who listen to the show every day, you know what we're going to say. First of all, adding a link to an encyclopedia article that shows you the facts isn't going to stop someone who already believes the conspiracy theory. But I, I think the intention here is to stop someone from beginning to believe. Because as we know, presenting people with the facts just makes them dig in harder in what they think. Uh, supplementing the news results with breaking news so that when you search to find out what's happening, you see some reputable sources, even if they're not video, is an interesting idea to combat what's 
the idea is it's really easy to create a fake video about what's happening because you don't have to spend any time double checking facts right and so those go up faster than the real videos but print articles go up faster so if you put the print articles in the search results then maybe that helps combat the fake videos uh and then of course creating partnerships that that get sustainable news operations to be successful on youtube i think that one explains itself like let's let's try to let's try to juice the results with with good stuff out there that we can get behind do you think any of this really makes much of a difference patrick um, I think it can't hurt, uh, although, you know, what we've seen on Facebook is that, as you mentioned, uh, telling people, no, this story isn't really right, d- makes them dig in. Um, what Facebook has been doing is basically hide the ones that are controversial by reducing the size or showing them less in the newsfeed. Obviously, YouTube, I guess they could do that, but it's a little bit more of a controversial take. Um, this could help um, for the people who aren't already coming to a topic with an opinion. The the partnerships is an interesting one because 25 million, you might think, well, that's a decent number. But when you divide it by 20 markets, it makes a million dollars roughly, a little bit more, per market. That doesn't seem like it's going to get a lot of people off the ground, but maybe well, it's a trial run. And I don't think it's meant to fully fund them, but to try to say like, hey, you need a little money to expand your operation because if you expand your operation, you'll have more videos. If you have more videos, you make more commercials. We, you, know, you get more money. We'll, we'll kind of help you over the hump. It's almost like a small business loan approach, right. except it's a grant. Microsoft introduced the Surface Go with a 10-inch 1800 by 1200 screen, two-core Intel Cabby Lake chip, 64 gigabytes of storage, and a nine-hour battery life. So it's it's low-specced. Let's let's just be honest. But like all Surface tablets, it does have a kickstand, supports the Surface Pen sold separately, has a micro SDXC card reader and headphone jack, as well as one USB-C port. You can also buy a smaller type cover made for the new 10-inch form factor. Uh, those range from $99 to $129, depending on the material. Uh, there's a smaller Surface mouse, in case your hand gets smaller when you use a smaller tablet, uh, for $35. I'm just joking. I know. You want to keep it all tight and compact. Uh, pre-orders begin today starting at $399. That one gets you Windows 10S. Doing an interesting thing here, you can always unlock Windows 10S, but if you spend $449, $50 more, you'll get Windows 10 Pro from the start. You won't have to unlock it. And for $549, you can step up the RAM to 8 gigabytes and the storage to 128 gigabytes. New Surface Go and the accessories will begin shipping August 2nd. And if you're saying, well, wait a minute, what about LTE or even bigger drives? Uh, LTE and 256 gigabyte drive models will be introduced later this year. They haven't said exactly when. Uh, so it's, it's Microsoft trying to compete with the 10-inch iPad and, and Android tablets out there. Right. The the magic uh, number there is, of course, the price, $399 totally. uh, for the basic model. The thing is, though, um, $399 is an attractive price and, it, you know, tablets are less expensive now. But I guess you can think for serious uh, work device, you could spend $399. But this is only Windows 10S. And on a Surface, it is kind of difficult to use it properly without a keyboard so you add another hundred bucks so you're starting to get away from the initial sticker price of 399 if you want to use it decently Um, still it's a lot less expensive than the other tablets that are available and you get a full windows thing i think it, it it is interesting uh to many users because of the use cases 
but it's not really three ninety nine. Yeah, I I I know you can use a Windows ten S tablet without a keyboard. You absolutely can. Well, that's, yes, that's what the Metro interface is for. But I'm with you. I wonder how many people actually do that because with the Pixel Book and with the iPad, I absolutely use them with keyboards. Now, I may not use that keyboard all the time. I use it more with the Pixel Book than I do with the iPad, to be honest. But it's it's necessary for me to get the most out of it. Well, especially for a Windows machine, uh, yes, you can bring up the keyboard on the Surface. Yeah, but you've got the, the Metro is... interface with the Windows App Store if you just stay Absolutely. inside of that. yeah, You can, you can. But the iPad is designed to be used not... W- I mean, you don't do necessarily the same things on an iPad and a Surface. The attractive qualities of the Surface is that it is a full Windows machine, and so the keyboard becomes more necessary. So that's why I think the keyboard is you know, Although Microsoft would say... Experience. That's not the only reason to use it. You should use it the other way. I just don't think people do because I think people think like you. Like, yeah, but it's Windows, so I want to get everything out of it that I can. (laughs) In the latest update to iOS, Apple added USB restricted mode, which disables USB access if the phone has been locked for an hour. This prevents some methods used to crack into locked iPhones. However, Elcomsoft has found that the one-hour counter resets if any USB device is plugged in uh, to the phone before the hour is up. That seems like an oversight. <sighs> no, it's not. Let me explain. Let me, let me call back to when we had the story of USB restricted mode being announced. And there right, are all these hot be. takes about how Apple is going to undermine law enforcement. And I said, I believe, if I recall correctly, very shortly after this USB restricted mode comes out, someone will figure out a way around it. And then after they figure out a way around it, Apple will come out with a patch and the song remains the same. And that's, so, that's just what we're seeing happen is they came out with a USB restricted mode and they said, oh, but if you get to it within the first hour, which isn't always going to happen, you can just plug in a USB device and get around it. And you can bet your booties that the next iOS update will fix this oversight or not even oversight. I, th- I feel like that's, that's unfair. We'll fix this workaround to say, oh, well, we should make sure that just plugging in a device isn't enough uh, to undo it. It's, and and it just keeps going on from there. I mean, I'm sure there might be a reason for it by design because some people are using USB connected devices when the phone is locked mm. and you don't want it to stop working all of a sudden in the middle of your usage. But if this is going to be effective, you should have an option to tell it, well, even if something is locked, is plugged in, if it's been locked for an hour, then disable the thing so that's why i'm saying it's it seems like an oversight more than like an actual clever hack i see you're using it in that direction i i'm i'm trying to say apple didn't screw up by missing this it's just somebody found a little way around and they're like oh okay well we should patch Mm -hmm. that but you're right like if i'm playing music on a locked iphone and i plug in speakers to the lightning port that are usb speakers i should i should be able to to not have to unlock the phone to do that. That would be kind of annoying. So yeah, there's there's a little... That additional to toggle coming to the UI. Yeah. Uh, ride-hailing business Grab introduced Grab Platform, which will let developers integrate their offerings within the Grab app uh, so they can take advantage of Grab's logistics and payment functions, etc. A first partner is Indonesia's grocery delivery startup, Happy Fresh. Uh, so within Grab, you'll now have Grab Fresh, where you can have your groceries delivered from Happy Fresh by a Grab driver. Uh, that will be within the main Grab app. The Grab app also is adding one-touch access to Grab Pay 
a news feed with recommendations for your location, things like restaurants and shops. They already do uh, restaurant delivery through Grab. And essentially what Grab's trying to do is say, we're not just ride hailing. We are payments. We are uh, location recommendations. And we're a platform that you can build on, which is very similar to what a lot of messaging apps like WeChat and Line have done in the past. You know, I was giggling when you were reading this. I think if you add maybe one additional hypey geek term, tech term, like cryptocurrency or cloud somewhere, you have a, uh, a half a speech from an opening monologue from <laughs> the talk show. platform blockchain will allow. Yeah, totally. I get what you're saying. Uh, Chinese ride hailing company D. Chuxing. I never know if I'm reading that right. Um, Chuxing, Church. Chuck Singh. Uh, I'm not going to. I, I say it differently, but I'm sure the way I say it isn't right. Either, so. It's wrong as well. Yeah. Uh, and German auto parts and tire maker Continental AG has signed an agreement in Shanghai to co develop purpose built internet connected electric cars that will eventually replace DD's current fleet of passenger cars. The car is expected to roll out by 2020. <laughs> roll out. Uh, uh, the, the agreement follows similar ones. The ride hailing company has made with 30 other automotive parts uh, partners, I'm sorry, in April, including GAC Motors, BAIC Group, and Toyota. Yeah, when uh, Roger first uh, suggested this for the show, I was like, "Well, this isn't new." You know, Waymo and Uber—they're all working with automatic automotive manufacturers on on custom cars for for the automatic uh, for the autonomous cars. And Roger pointed out the Continental AG isn't an auto manufacturer; it's a parts maker. Uh, so there is there's something a little un unusual here. It's it's not just a customized car. It's a built from the ground up per, or as they say, purpose built car. So this isn't taking a Toyota model and saying, well, we're going to make a version of the Corolla that's that's meant for Waymo. Uh, this is we're going to build a car out of parts specifically for Didi Shusheng to use as an autonomous car provider. Mm hmm. And, and I think that that is an interesting step forward in this, uh, because the one thing I'm s slightly surprised to see is the auto manufacturers not freaking out about autonomous cars. Usually we have the technology comes in, it disrupts, the incumbent industry resists it, and then finally figures out how to embrace it. Uh, the automotive companies are like, yeah, we know. Uh, personal automobiles uh, ownership is probably going to decline. And you know what saves us? Fleets of cars sold to these autonomous makers. So this is, I guess, an example of a parts maker saying, ah, and the way we survive through this change is to create cars uh, for a company that's doing autonomous cars like Didi. Yeah, I've been, you know, it's funny. I was, uh, I just recorded the friend, my French tech show, uh, yesterday, and we came to the same conclusion that the automotive, automotive, or, or <laughs> the automotive, car yeah. industry, what automotive industry is, uh, surprisingly on point on all, all of those things. I think anyone who's ever interacted with the car industry, uh, well, not anyone, but my interactions with the car industry have shown me a very slow moving old, industry that I would never have guessed would be the one that saw this coming. All of the other industries have been devoured by tech giants. And maybe because of they have learned from all of those, um, they have actually been working on these things for a while. And yeah. it's, it's kind of heartening to see. Well, and, and I think automotive manufacturing is a little more difficult than some of the other industries that have been disrupted. You know, there's, there's, there's a little more expertise involved in, in building. Well, 
Sure. Yeah. But I mean, look, look at the hoops that Tesla is having to, to go through just to make their own cars. That's, of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. But yeah. Could be argued. Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. We have another fantastic article. Don't ever let anyone tell you that journalism is dying. Uh, there have been some amazing articles coming out this week. Cecilia D'Anastasio of Kutaku has an excellent article on the topic of gaming addiction. This is something she's covered for a while, actually. She, she wrote an article about for Vice about it three years ago. It tells the story of several people, including somebody named Cam, who have been game sober. In fact, Cam uh, has been game sober for seven and a half years after almost committing suicide because he felt so bad that he couldn't stop gaming. Experts still debate whether excessive gaming is a compulsion, an addiction, or simply a symptom of an underlying issue. And of course, gamers get their backs up real quick because we have all been succumbed to the, you know, gaming causes violence. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Gaming causes this, uh, that we're telling, oh, great, now, now gaming is at fault for addiction. But there are definitely some instances and people who say, yeah, I couldn't stop. It was a problem. Some of them say it was probably another issue that was manifesting itself as gaming, but it's a real issue. Uh, one of the things that's causing the controversy is gaming getting put in the same camp as gambling. Gambling was classified as a compulsion or impulse control issue in the 1980s. But in 2013, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual reclassified it as gambling disorder under the behavioral addictions section. That's the first non-substance-based addiction to be recognized that way. Um, 
And this year, gaming disorder was added to the WHO's International Classification of Diseases. Uh, The WHO says that gaming disorder is characterized by impaired control over gaming, increasing priority given to gaming over other activities to the extent that gaming takes precedent to over other interests and daily activities and continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. Habits must impact social, educational, and occupational lives for about a year to qualify as a disorder. So you increasingly use it, you have symptoms of withdrawal, just like other addictions. Now, here's the thing. Everybody gets their backup because they're like, I, yeah, I play a lot of games. It doesn't mean I have a disorder. That's probably true. It's not common. A recent meta-analysis, including 19,000 subjects, concluded that a very small proportion of the general population, between 0.3% and 1%, might qualify for a potential acute diagnosis. So they're not saying everybody who games has a disorder. They're saying a very small percentage of people might actually have a problem. Uh, Patrick, I know that you had a similar reaction to this article as I did, which is some mixed feelings about it, but very interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm definitely part of the, as people on the show know, I am a lifelong gamer, very proud of it, very, uh, uh, like, almost militant for my hobby to be recognized as something, not even just a value, but something uh, uh, that has... Yeah, I guess I I could say that has value because in my youth, it was considered as a silly pastime and sometimes accused of many, many uh, ills. And certainly the WHO and everyone uh, analyzing this is recognizing this fact. Um, The DSM actually tried in 2013 to classify gaming in the same category as gambling or something similar. I was working at Blizzard at the time. So this was kind of a concern of ours. Um, and the the sets of parameters they put together would have uh, qualified something like 40% of the gaming population as addicted to gaming, which obviously was silly. They dropped it. Uh, the WHO classification is much more restrictive and qualifies it as a very subset, a very narrow subset of the population, pointing out that for the vast majority of people, it is a um, a, a agreeable pastime. Yeah. Now, the, the concern comes from people like me and others who have seen all of this, you know, gaming being blamed for many uh, things and it still happens. We've seen uh, controversial topics being raised uh, in recent months, and the fear that some people will not understand this characterization, coupled with the fact that even you know, unlike other topics or issues, even the uh, medical profession professionals are divided on the topic, specifically on the idea of does it cause an issue or is it a symptom of other underlying issues? And so when you put all of this together, it's very difficult for people like me to welcome this as, you know, objectively and calmly as, well, everything's going to be fine. Not, (laughs) you know, uh, uh, you're not going to see parents calling in doctors saying, oh, my kid is playing two hours of Fortnite a day as, you know, Cecilia D'Anastasio mentions in her article uh, calling their doctor saying he's addicted to Fortnite. he's playing two hours a day 
so that's where the 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 either uh uh, sca- uh, uh fear comes from or the 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 being very careful with these mm-hmm. kinds of the caution yeah, yeah I, the caution. I mean here's the thing to to keep in mind because yes you're absolutely right uh classifying as a disorder can lead to overreaction as as patrick's re- is is eloquently describing but that doesn't mean there isn't something real. Uh, I, I saw, you know, somebody in the chat room said like, yeah, some people watch too much TV. That's like looking at a heroin addict and saying, yeah, and some people eat too many burgers. You know, what's the big deal? So he shoots up a lot of heroin. Like there are real problems. Well, Absolutely. Okay. We, we should not uh, we should not exacerbate it and say anybody who's gaming has the problem. But uh, and that's where it's different than a lot of drugs. There are a lot of drugs where if you take the drug, you probably are going to have a problem. It's that addictive. Gaming, as we say, only seems to affect a very small amount of the populace, but that amount of the populace absolutely has a problem. The way to know you have a problem is if you can't stop, if you hide it, if you lie about it. Uh, If you read this Kotaku article, she has uh, anecdotes from people about playing games until 5 a.m., hearing their mother come up the stairs and then uh, turning off the game and, and jumping into bed to pretend they're asleep. And as soon as their mother leaves, jumping back out. Not a cute thing that they did once or twice, but constantly for a year. That's a problem. Uh, it, it, and, and, and let me read this quote. This is a person who says, yeah, I have gaming addiction. I can't handle it. I can't play games or I will not stop. He says, it's perfectly clear to me that I have one condition that involves all these things. Obsessive, compulsive, denial, hiding, lying about it, fear, crazy thinking, irritability if I stay away, mental cravings and urges, and distorted thinking. In my 20s, I tried to numb it out with drinking. In my 30s, I numbed it out with gaming. The idea that there are two different conditions doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't match my experience at all. But Dr. Douglas Gentile, a psychologist at Iowa State University's Media Research Lab, says sometimes you see that there is depression followed by a gaming disorder. Sometimes you see a gaming disorder that then leads to depression. He's like, it's a chicken and egg problem, but it is a real problem, even if we don't know exactly what the underlying cause is. And again, it's it has if the world was perfect and everyone would understand the WHO's uh, characterization of this issue, I think it would be much better accepted by gamers. Even the WHO is saying, you know, one of the advantages of classifi- of classifying it as a uh, compulsion, uh, I think is the exact way they're, they're the disorder. Disorder. Um, disorder. That is going to help fund more research, right? So we're, we are going to be able to investigate it a little bit more understand it, and understand exactly what is happening. I would use the, you know, many examples that you can find uh, across the net and and social commentary of, well, you know, some people eat too many burgers and some people watch too much TV and some people were saying that novels were going to rot young people's brains back in the early uh, uh, 19th century. The one thing that even I have to admit is different with games is that some games don't end. Uh, a book, you're going to reach the end. A movie, you're going to watch the movie. At some point, you're going to have watched all the movies you want to watch. Games, uh, multiplayer games in particular, are often designed to be infinite, not 
through malice, but that's because what the game, uh, how the game becomes fun. So I, even I will agree, there is an avenue for people who get lost in their games, maybe because of underlying conditions, maybe not. I would like to think it's because there's something else uh, uh, under it. Well, they have a way of doing something that, that just doesn't stop. They can play, uh, uh, you know, League of Legends or whatever multiplayer competitive game forever. They can play, uh, yeah, so well, that, that is definitely it. The, the thing I would point out, though, is some people are addicted to games that do stop. They just can't stop playing those games. So they play one, they finish it, and they move on to another. The, the question isn't I, I whether games... Find most- I, w- yeah. Let me finish my point. The question yeah, isn't because yeah. I don't want somebody out there like, oh, well, I obviously don't have a problem because I don't play unending games, but they're also not taking care of themselves, can't keep a job. Like the, the question isn't what are you doing? If it's television, if it's hamburgers, if it's staring at paint, I don't care what it is. Don't don't start there. Look at the effects. If you have gone a year or more and you're losing your job, you can't take care of yourself, you're irritable without the thing that you do, you, you are suffering from it for whatever reason, and you should seek out some kind of help to, to get things back together. It's, it's not about whether the thing should cause it or not. Look at the effects. Uh, and that's why there, I, I did want to finish this by mentioning a couple of support groups. Uh, GameQuitters.com is from Cam, who was mentioned in the Kotaku article. It's a support group for video game addiction. Uh, and Computer Game Addicts Anonymous is a grassroots 12-step group for gaming addicts. And we'll have links to both of those in the show notes. They're linked to in the Kotaku article as well. If you think, yeah, maybe this gaming thing is, is too much and I, can, and I don't think I can stop and I need help. If you're thinking that, then you should you should look into it. You should look into getting some help. If you're not, if you're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing, I'm if you're honestly absolutely doing fine, and you only play two hours of Fortnite, then you probably don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Well, thanks if to you're everybody. Playing ten hours of Fortnite, <laughs> and you're doing fine. You're doing fine. <laughs> thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com and facebook.com/groups/dailytechnewsshow. Let's check our mailbag. Uh, I'm definitely of the opinion the California online cancellation law is needed, says Paul, the web developer somewhere in the heart of Texas. It's a Texan who thinks a California law is good. Let me tell you, that might be rare. Uh, Paul says, I've personally been on the development teams where the online cancellation feature has been deprioritized in order not to hurt the growth of a new service. Management knows they will eventually have to do it, but can often be put off for several years. They know the phone call is enough of a barrier to discourage cancellation for some people. This often works for services that have a low monthly fee, say 10 bucks or less per month. And the real kicker is an online cancellation button is usually extremely easy to develop, says Paul. You know, it always makes me happy when people from the United States of America think that a law is needed and that government is doing a good job. So, yay, California. Sometimes, maybe it is. A lot of times Mm -hmm. it isn't, but a lot of times maybe it is. I don't know. I like roads, especially ones that are repaired and I can drive on. Uh, But don't like taxes. Who does? You know? (laughs) Well. One of those things. Yeah. Uh, hey, thank you, Patrick Beja, for joining us. Where can folks find more of your fine works? They could go, folks, folks could go to frenchspin.com or 
even easier. You're listening to this podcast on a podcast app right now, probably, I'm guessing. If you are, go to the search field, search for Pixels, and subscribe to that show. It's a show about gaming. We cover a lot of things. Today, I just recorded a show with uh, Thomas Bido who is an analyst and talked about a number of really interesting topics with uh, numbers and industry trends and stuff like that. It was super interesting. So go listen to Pixels if you're into video games. We support ourselves through loads of different methods, and one of them is our store at dailytechnewsshow.com slash store. You can wear the DTNS logo and spread the word using a hoodie or a hat or a baby onesie or a Born Ready t-shirt, uh, you'll find something you like in there. So go check it out at dailytechnewsshow.com slash store. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're live Monday through Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. A little before that in the Discord, if you're a patron. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Scott Johnson. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.